What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So we are continuing with our 2021 season recaps. You know, as as we mentioned yesterday, we will start from the bottom and we work our way up. So the next team up is the Arizona Diamondbacks. They they were tied with the Orioles for the worst team, worst record in baseball. Honestly, uh, you know, Baltimore technically finished below them in the final standings, but I mean, based on whatever tiebreaker they use for that. But I would say that the D-backs just look worse. I mean, yes, they have the same record, but they had uglier losses, it seemed. At least with the, with the Orioles, it seemed like, you know, they had good moments and they had some, some pretty impressive wins here and there. And, and the D-backs did too, but they had some really ugly stretches. I think this was the worst team in baseball in 2021. I mean, what went wrong for them? I mean... I mean, it was 52-110. and 110, That's the record. I mean, you're going to have the number two pick overall next year. But let's just go month by month to see how the Diamondbacks did. So in April, they were pretty good. They went 14-12. and 12, And this was the month where they were mostly healthy. They were playing well, and it seemed like they might defy expectations. Unfortunately, at the end of April, that would be the best win-loss percentage they would see all year. And in May, the team completely collapsed. In May, somehow they went 5-24 and in a disaster of a month. Their win percentage of 172 was the second worst of any month in D-backs team history. That's entire team history. They had a bunch of injuries that month, but it was just failure all around. I mean, they only scored 103 runs while giving up 167. Remember, the the final or the record for May was five wins, 24 losses. And then you go to June, where it got even worse. Actually, they suffered more injuries, and they made team history for you know the franchise with a three and 24 record for the month. So they had a five and 24 record in. May 3-24 and record in June, which gave them a 111 win percentage. That's the worst month in team history, followed by the May win percentage. So worst month in D-backs history was June 2021. The second worst month in D-backs team history was May 2021. So yeah, I mean, it turns out the team that set the worst record in team history didn't have as bad of a month as even this 2021 team. The the Diamondbacks 2004 team had the worst overall record in team history, but they didn't even have as bad of a record as what we saw in June from this year's D-backs. So it was a rough month to be a D-backs fan. But I guess at that point, you can only go up from there, right? In July, uh, you know, they went 11-12, and 12, just a game under 500. They sent their, their one guy to the All-Star game. That's Eduardo Escobar. He got to play there before being traded. And then in August, they started to get healthier. And they had a somewhat decent performance, but at least by their standards, they went 11-18, and 18, good for a 379 win percentage. And then, you know, September, October, they went 8-20 and 20 in the last month plus of games. And it, it was rough. It was rough. But that's what ended up contributing to, you know, tied for the worst record in MLB this year. So enough of the the negativity. Let's let's see what 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 went well for the D-backs. 
Because even for the worst teams, as we saw with the Orioles episode, they have bright spots in them. You know, every every team that that plays poorly will still have some bright spots, some players who had great seasons, and they deserve some recognition. So I would say that the best player for the D-backs was definitely Cattell Marte. There's really no surprise here. He was their best player of the year. He wasn't actually their all-star, but you know, he was their best player when you look at everything considered. You could have chosen Eduardo Escobar, but the fact that he got traded to the Brewers, you know, you're like, okay, look at somebody who 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 remained on the roster. Marte did struggle a little bit, you know, through an injury plagued season, but towards the end of the season, I mean, you got to see the reason, you know, why a lot of people are high on this guy. And he turned it up. I mean, over 90, he only played 90 games with the D-backs. Over 90 games, he was a 1.8 war player. So if you expand that to a full 162, which I know you can't do, but if if you could, that would be a 3.24 war. So let's just more appropriately say he was on a 3.24 war pace. But despite that, despite the fact he only played 90 games, he was third on the team in war behind Eduardo Escobar and Carson Kelly. I mean, Eduardo Escobar was a 2.3, Carson Kelly was a 2.2. So he was still up there. I mean, his offensive war was 3.4, which is terrific, even just for 90 games. If you expand that over a full 162, it would be 6.12, which is elite. That's what I'm getting at. Ketel Marte is an elite offensive player. I mean, and you'll see that looking at his main stats. I mean, 318 with a 909 OPS, a 143 OPS plus, 14 homers, 50 RBIs. He did this in 90 games, ladies and gentlemen. So we, we see, that, I mean, 43% above league average production is what he was giving you. I mean, that's, that's an elite offensive player. He, he's a special player. He's under contract, I believe, for a while yeah he's under contract through 2024 so this is someone the d-backs have and no he's a star he just needs to stay healthy and and he'll produce what else went well for arizona well carson sorry not not carson kelly merrill kelly so he he was probably the d-backs cy young winner i would say and um i don't think anyone really expected that when the season began uh, their starting rotation struggled mightily throughout the year. They had bad performances and a lot of injuries. I mean, Zach Gallen, he was a guy expected to take a huge leap this year, but he landed on the injured list three separate times and struggled to maintain consistent results. Mad Bum struggled early. Then he was really good. You know, had that phantom no-hitter, and that seven-inning no-hitter. Then he got hurt, and he did great upon his return. But in the final weeks of the season, Mad Bum, Mad Bum struggled. But Merrill Kelly, he made the most starts of any pitcher on this roster, 27, 27 starts. And he hadn't missed a single start until he missed three or four weeks in August due to contracting COVID. But despite that, he returned and continued to pitch consistently. So he's a lock for his option he picked up for next year. I'm not sure if they already did. Um, but I mean, he led the team wins, innings, game started, FIP, batter's face, you know, all the stuff, pitching war, all these things like that. So Merrill Kelly was the was the best pitcher on the Diamondbacks. So, I mean, we will recognize him for that. I mean, his his numbers were, I mean, if you look at it in context, for another team might not be that great, but that goes to show you how much the D-backs struggled. He had a 4-4-4 ERA on the year. You know, it's 
his his role is still that of a mid rotation starter, but he definitely had a career year in many ways in 2021 because he was he was steady. The most improved player, you know, someone who improved a lot from 2020 to 2021 for the D-backs. I mean, a couple a couple guys, but I would say that the first of which is Carson Kelly. So Carson Kelly, you know, he he struggled with making contact in 2020. Um yeah, I mean that that was that was a problem for him. And he was hitting a lot of ground balls, but you can't be hitting that many ground balls when speed isn't in your toolbox. And Carson Kelly knew he had to, you know, get the ball in the air more. But his ground ball rate definitely fell in 2021 to the best of his career. And that that helped him a lot. You know, naturally his batting average increased and he became more patient at the plate. His OBP increased almost, you know, that was like 80 points better. He went from 264 last year to 343 in his OBP. And then he hit more balls in the gap because obviously in the swing chain, getting the ball in the air, you hit more balls in the gap. So more doubles and triples. The slugging percentage rose. His OPS rose. So his OPS rose from 649 last year to 754 this year. And that 754 OPS is actually one of the best in the league for catchers. So his OPS plus overall was 73 last year. It was 104. So he goes from being 27% below league average in 2020, and then he goes to 4% above league average in 2021. So that's really good for a catcher. Most catchers are only hitting in the 70 to 80 OPS plus range, but Carson Kelly was above average. That's spectacular for a catcher. I mean, above average um, in terms of OPS plus. So his wins above replacement rose to a 2.2. You know, he's a negative war guy last year. Minus 0.3. Now he's 2.2 wins above replacement. One of the best on the team. So great breakout year for Carson Kelly. Would have been better had he not missed time due to a you know broken wrist and then a broken toe. Things he had separate times during the year. But he should be someone who who takes you know further strides next year even. I would say he's he's probably the most improved. There are other people, you know, like Josh Rojas, for example. Uh, but I, I would say Carson Kelly was the most improved on the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, I mean, if you go for rookie of the year, I'll give this one to Tyler Gilbert. He threw a no-hitter, so we'll give it to him. Um, I mean, it's, he did miss, like, the final month of the season due to fatigued arm after pitching more this year than any year before. But, I mean... This dude threw a no-hitter, so we'll give that to him. Um, yeah, that was special. D-backs had their, had their moment there. So, yeah, I, I think that's that's it. I mean, they do have some interesting prospects coming up the pipeline. You know, their minor league player of the year is an outfielder by the name of Alec Thomas. I've been keeping an eye on this guy ever since he was drafted out of high school. I like his tool, his tools. I like his skill set. He's a... You know, he's a well-rounded player. He's he's a speed guy. You know, bats from the left side, but his bat is pretty good. He's got some power and average. So he's got a bunch of tools. But, you know, it's, it's speed. You're looking at somebody who, you know, combined stats between double and triple A this year. He had 313 with 18 homers, 13 steals. You know, 29 doubles, 12 triples. 12 triples this year. He was their minor league player of the year. He should be up, obviously, uh, pretty soon. Because that's... You know, that's getting the job done. He's a young player, and I think you know he'll he'll be up in Arizona, if not in 2022, then definitely in 2023. And then their D-backs minor league pitcher of the year 
is someone by the name of Ryan Nelson. So he, he worked between high A and double A. So he'll probably have another year of seasoning before he's ready for the big show. But I, I do think Alec Thomas has a very good chance to be up in the major leagues this coming season. So that is it. That's going to do it for today, folks. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.